cliffcentral.com. Okay, it is time for Markets Mondays, um, and we're going to cross to Dylan Bester in just a moment or two. Now, whether you're a new trader who's looking for a safe place to start, or you're an experienced trader who's looking for low spreads, multi-assets, and high-tech, you will find that Markets.com suits you perfectly. A special offer to everybody who's listening this morning. If you follow the link on cliffcentral.com and you register with markets.com, it'll all be on our website. Just go to cliffcentral.com and follow the link from there. Just by doing that, you will get a 30% bonus on your deposit, which is very good. Where else are you getting free money? Script, uh, you know, it, it'll all pop up as the, as like a hyperscript thing. It'll all come up as a, like a thing that you need to Click on and you go through there and it'll, it'll just do all the, the population for you. So you don't have to send an email like we used to say before. Right, Leanne? Easy. Easy peasy. So the crypto market has experienced some swings over the last period and the bubble is about to burst according to some people. Others say this is a fundamental crash. Still others are hugely positive about what's going on in crypto, believe it or not. So to help us understand that and a whole lot more is Dylan Bester. He joins us to give us some insight. He's a co-founder and a director at Sky Castle International Investments. He's also a business partner of Markets.com, and he always enjoyed the fast-paced environment of global financial markets, and he specializes in trading across multiple assets and multiple asset classes. So, Dylan, it's good to see you. How are you? Very good in yourself. Awesome. Hi. Awesome. Awesome. Nice to see you, man. So, so Dylan, I mean, I gave a very brief intro there about what's going on in crypto, for example. People are so nervous right now. Um, you know, we had this FTX thing which happened um, and which is dominating the headlines. So maybe we should start there. In the crypto space, what, what actually happened in, at FTX? And maybe you can explain it better than I would be able to. Okay, great. Yeah, let me, I'm just going to give a very broad outline and sort of explain my rationale as to what's happened. Sure. Um, there's still quite a bit that's unfolding, and I think there's going to be a bit more to come. Right. Um, but in a nutshell, um, FTX was, was effectively a cryptocurrency exchange. Um, it was listed in the Bahamas as a cryptocurrency exchange. Um, and there's a gentleman behind all of it by the name of Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried. Um, he set up a, an actual um, quantitative trading business a year before um, this FTX launched, um, which is only launched in 2019, so all very recent, um, all COVID-orientated. Um, and this this hedge fund, well, this, this quantitative trading strategy fund that he launched was called Alameda Research. And this research firm focused on on risk-free trading, uh, risk arbitrage. Um, and, and effectively what that means is um, the likes of a, of a currency or cryptocurrency exchange offers buyers, willing buyers and willing sellers, opportunity to, to exchange their cryptocurrency via a platform or a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and risk arbitrage takes advantage of that. So it, it allows for, for you to take buy on one platform, sell on another platform and make the difference. Obviously, this is quite a sophisticated strategy and it takes a lot of sort of tech to do this. Right. Um, I'm giving you this bit of background because that started in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then one year later, in 2019, they launched FTX. The same gentleman, Sam Bankman-Fried. And effectively what happened then is, is for a risk arbitrage strategy to work well, you need multiple venues or multiple platforms to use. And you can always play them off against each other. Now, with him launching his own platform, he obviously decided that he would only use that one platform, which would make his strategy sort of unusable in that instance. Mm-hmm. 
um, which most likely led him to take directional risk and, and take more one-sided bets um, for cryptocurrency itself. Um, and as this continued, I mean, the winter of 2021 was when effectively they, they started getting very long and directional in terms of Bitcoin. This was the actual hedge fund using the exchange, the one exchange FTX, um, to buy and sell, basically just buying. And they use this on a leveraged basis. When they, when they say leveraged, I mean, effectively, a leverage as a concept is, is if I have $100 and I place it on, on, on Bitcoin, I'm allowed a form of leverage on that $100. It's like a debt right. to asset that I'm going to acquire. Yeah. So I've put down $100, and in Bitcoin, I'm now able to, to have a position worth $1,800, which creates a lot of leverage. It's 18 times. And this is called gearing your money, effectively. So during this time, I mean, crypto could have – Bitcoin itself. I'm going to reference Bitcoin because it's an easy price mark. There's a, there's a lot of crypto coins out there as well, but it was around $16,700. And over this time of six months into March – the cryptocurrency went from sixteen seven hundred to around sixty thousand dollars. Now, if you had used gearing and and leverage, you effectively would have made loads of money. You would have gone all the way from sixteen thousand to to sixty thousand in the space of six months, and you would have been on top of the world. Um, but on the on the alternative side of this, you've got that hundred dollars would have become a lot worth a lot more. Mm-hmm. But if if that market collapsed, and we saw crypto come. As of the last, let's call it four weeks, when when everything went sort of pear shaped, yeah, yeah, um, we saw crypto come down to around sixteen thousand eight hundred, eighteen thousand dollars. That means that there's been, I would effectively say that it's gone from sixty-seven thousand odd to sixteen thousand, which is just a loss of value of around seventy-five percent. Right. So crypto has lost seventy-five percent of its value, effectively, mm-hmm. as of last four weeks ago. That would have caused that eighteen hundred dollars to be at a loss of. You would have lost thirteen hundred and fifty dollars, and now remember you've only put down a hundred dollars. Right. So you effectively owe somebody twelve hundred and fifty dollars because of that leverage you've used, <laughs> um, and and that's that's effectively the scenario that's occurred here. They've taken one-sided bets, and and on the Bitcoin price losing a lot of value, it's it's allowed. They now need to top up their accounts. They now need to make sure that they can fund their position, um, and this this create this was one of the factors that created this. They also um, issued their own FTX had an FTT token that allowed them to on loan um, on their on their exchange um, more crypto, um, and that loaning of crypto then allowed guys to trade more and, and create more leverage. So it was a big leveraged bubble, and effectively it has burst. Seventy five percent loss of value is certainly a, a bursting of a bubble. Sure. Um, in any in any sense of the word. Um, so this only came to to realization this last few weeks because the crypto price was effectively at or below the yeah. prices where they purchased it originally. Um, and they got they got basically margin called is the term. Um, and this this means that they now have to fund their position. That the losses would have been a market-to-market loss as well as uh, a margin loss. Okay, so just um, two, two quick things. First of all, I mean, leverage and gearing is something that has been used in all markets, not just in crypto. You can do this with gold. You could do it with sh- shares and stocks. You could do it with futures, hedge, hedge uh, trading, and all that kind of thing. Um, so it's not unusual that this would happen. Of course, you just have to be prepared that if it doesn't go your way, you're going to owe more than you put in in the first place. Is that right? That is correct. Um, not in every sense of the word when 
you do need to have sort of risk management tools or at least a stop loss or something that protects your capital. Right. Um, or at least once it goes up to a certain extent, you, you're reducing some capital that you have and, or some profits and you, mm. you're keeping a decent sort of balance sheet on your side. Um, and this, I mean, if you, if you look at the, the actual FTX um, board members, well, you have the CEO, um, Caroline Ellison, that, I mean, in an interview she was saying that she basically uses elementary math and um, risk management tools like stop losses aren't an effective um, form of risk management. Right. Which obviously shows the, the lack of sort of oversight or the lack of um, ability to, to protect their clients at the end anyway. I mean, each, each of these exchanges uh, will have their own set of rules and they'll allow different amounts of leverage and gearing depending on their client base yeah. and also depending on the client, on how much risk they want their clients to have. So in cryptocurrency, I mean, across the board and depending on who you're trading by, will have their own set of rules and regulations that they act on. And it's a very new industry, which is why I think there's a lot still to learn here. All right, so so let's just talk about crypto generally because this has obviously affected the crypto markets very badly. So what does this mean to people who are still holding Bitcoin, people who are on other exchanges, people who've got Ethereum, uh, people who have some, some of the other altcoins? What does that mean to them? Look, I mean, I think it's a massive shock to confidence here. We, we've had a, uh, an idea where you've got a cryptocurrency and do I think the, the technology is valid and there's a space in the economy? Most certainly, yes. Um, when it will come to be more widely used or used for a better purpose um, than speculating and trading, um, I think, yes, there certainly will be a value. Um, as, a, as a case in point, I'd like to compare it to sort of like your, your 2000, 2001.com crash where you yeah. had all these new tech businesses that started up and there was also lots of money going around. So, so in the environment we were in over the last two years in COVID, you had the likes of stimulus in the market. You had people getting free checks in America mm -hmm. every month, sitting at home. Right. Um, so they took up sort of daytime jobs and, and became traders, which yeah. allowed them to obviously go into all these altcoins and create new altcoins. And, and so in my view there, it's, it's a new industry that's up and coming. Um, and all that that dot-com bubble needed was a bit of regulation and a bit of, I mean, effectively at the end of the day, you want to protect your clients and you want to protect your customers to make sure that they're always um, going to be around. Mm. Um, you don't want it blowing up like what we've seen here. Um, so in terms of crypto as a whole, I do think there's a place for it. Um, I think some some people take it less seriously than others, um, launching their own altcoins and that. But but as a whole, there's definitely a space um, a space for it. And it's, it just needs a bit more regulation, a bit more oversight to bring that confidence back, to know that a company like FTX or, or Alameda Research can't just dip into their client deposits that mm -hmm. aren't supposed to be trading or being a managed solution and, and take it for their, their hedge fund where they have a discretionary <laughs> mandate. So it would be interesting to see what type of mandates they would have entered into their clients with and what protection their clients had, what guarantees they gave their client, if any. Um, and that's, that's still to unfold, which is why I don't think this is the end of it, but mm. it has caused a lot of um, concern around the Bitcoin price, right. what Bitcoin's worth. Um, and, and it's generally now at this time where you've got a lot of people that, that need to have confidence against in the industry and they need to then start getting that through regulation, certainly, and, and mass adoption. Okay, I want, to, I want to quickly move on to some other things because there's a lot that I want to tap into while we've got you. Um, what do you see happening to the RAND? Because 
we've seen it strengthen over the last few weeks. Where do you think the, the RAND is going to go for going looking forward from here? And which currencies are you most nervous about? Um, first of all, I'm, I'm nervous of the dollar, um, okay. just because the dollar is generally strong now. They've got um, they've got basically rising interest rates in the U.S. The rest of the world's trying to copy them, so everyone is is effectively looking to to position their money out of sort of let's call it the equity market and move into more of a dollar position. Um, so the dollars are basically being held quite closely and, and invested in the U.S., mm-hmm. which is our main competitor to our rand at the moment because everyone wants there's a massive demand for dollars. Right. Um, South Africa, I definitely see a stronger rand on the on the horizon. We've got a very good uh, um, trade balance, a very good trade surplus at the moment. Um, we've just been upgraded um, on Friday from SMB Global to actually um, a positive outlook. Hmm. Which so there's quite a few positive factors for South Africa. We'll continue to raise interest rates. Um, to follow the Federal Reserve. Um, we're only getting to sort of pre-COVID interest rates now, um, and our next meeting for the MPC will probably get there. Um, and this will keep the RAND competitive. Our, our local bond market and our high-yield bond market is, is one of the most attractive in the world at the moment. Um, and there's massive opportunities in our bonds, which, which generally will attract investors into our RAND, our RAND currency. All right, that's interesting because I remember when, <laughs> whenever we would talk about uh, the, the ratings, you know, the, the various kind of gr- what grade rating we were, um, it used to be a huge story. Now when we go up, um, it doesn't seem to make the headlines, but whenever we came down, it was like the biggest news story ever. Um, what's changed there? I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, I think we've also got what's changed is it's been um, – we haven't had a positive outlook for quite a while. It's been downgraded. Okay. I wouldn't say much has changed from a, a political standpoint, but from a from a trade balance and a surplus point of view, we we've, uh, our tax revenue collection is at its highest we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, our exports are at its highest we've ever seen. So we're starting to actually make money. And and in that scenario, I mean, we don't have much to GDP. So South Africa as a country hasn't extended our balance sheet to a point where we have to fund a surplus like what's yeah. happened in the U.S. Well, fund a, fund a balance sheet like what's happening in the U.S. and pretty much the rest of Europe. So we're in a very positive position. We're an emerging market. There's a lot of growth potential in South Africa. So it is actually quite a positive outlook in terms of the, the, the general country as a whole. Yes, there are little pockets of, of instability, but as a whole, it's looking pretty good. Um, it's good to see that we, we're generating revenue. And, and We've That's also great. now started with our own sort of form of stimulus in the country, which is um, our grant package, yeah. where we're starting to allow the, the low-income earners to get to get more. And, and that effectively is going to be a result of, of economic activity, because that's going to be spent once again. Um, so it's going to create a bit of a – it's like a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's generally quite positive for the RAND. Um, and the only problem to that is a stronger dollar. Um, okay. But that can't last forever. It's been very strong for a while, for at least two and a half, three years. So I think that might fade sort of mid next year. Okay, I like it. Well, thanks for thanks for filling us in on those. Is there anything else that you're excited about when it comes to investment at the moment? Because let's face it, there are a lot of people who are looking at all of this going, uh-oh, I just don't know where to put my money. What's safe anymore? And people run to things like gold or government bonds. Um, what would you say are the safest bets you can make in a market like this? I think the last time we spoke, uh, I did mention that gold. I like gold at that time. Um, it was sitting around sixteen hundred and forty dollars. It's a hundred dollars high now. It's seventeen forty. Mm-hmm. I still like gold. I think we can. I think we can be a bit higher, okay. just given the backdrop of what's going on and the uncertainty. You want something safe like gold. 
Um, in terms of the market from an overall perspective, I wouldn't want to take much risk in the equity market and, unless it was short term. Okay. Um, just there's a lot of economic changes and a lot of interest, high interest rates and high inflation is, is not a great place to be investing in, in equities and uh, across the board. So I'd certainly focus on bonds, um, bonds and a bit of gold as a very safe, safe, conservative outlook for now. Good. You might not get the returns you want, but at least you know you'll have a bit of safety of your capital over time. Right. And I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's about as close as you're going to get to like straight up ad advice as, as is possible to dispense with. Of course, you have to make your own decisions. And um, this does not constitute financial advice. This is all just useful information that you could put into your own machine and determine the way forward. But thank you so much, Dylan Bester um, from Sky Castle International Investments and a business partner of Markets.com for a little look at what's been going on, especially with the crypto space recently. Markets Monday is brought to you by Markets.com. They will be taking a little bit of a break and will be back on the show again in January. Remember to follow the link on cliffcentral.com. In the meantime, to register with Markets.com, you will get a 30% bonus on your deposit. And follow them on Markets.com on all their different social media. You can find them on uh, Markets.com.sa is basically their, their tag. Uh, that, that you can find them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. All of that and a whole lot more. Cliffcentral.com.